Hey Dreamers, today my guest hasn't been on the Dreamers podcast since episode 215. He is back here to talk about his amazing travel story uh, of doing 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 weeks. Now, he hasn't completed all 50 marathons yet. He's about eight weeks out at the time of this recording, but it's a perfect time to have him back on the show here because he's actually here live in my studio, which is so great to get to meet him in person. Please welcome Derek Zardas. Woohoo! Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. You are very welcome. It, it's, it is great to have you here. Now, let's... Uh, are you are you regretful at all for for picking fifty marathons in fifty weeks? Uh, no, not at all. I'm sitting there going, why didn't I fit pick a hundred in fifty weeks um, or double the time? Why didn't I just do two years of this? Um, I'm feeling strong again. That was not the case if I was here a month ago. A month ago, I was feeling fatigued and I was sitting there thinking, why fifty? Why did I feel the need? to do this all year long. Um, there was a good two weeks where I was feeling run down and regretting my decision. And it was just a matter of, of changing focus and having a, a few wins or having some positive input. Um, and all of a sudden I'm back on top again. That, that is awesome. I mean, doubt does creep into our minds when we're doing things. Mm. Um, so it's not, you know, unheard of for sure. Now, uh, how how's like the money been with all this travel? Because you you quit your job. I did. To do this. I did. I'm pretty on, pretty much on budget. I'm proud of myself that uh, for the most part, on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis, uh, I've pretty much kept to my goals. That's not to say that there haven't been some hiccups. There were some hiccups in August. Um. I had some injuries. Uh, my car had a little bit of an issue. So as far as those concerns, um, I had to pay out a little bit more. But up until about August, things were spot on to budget. And um, I did have a few people contribute uh, to my larger term goal. And so when we talked last year, out of the 50 marathon routes that I, I'm running this year, only about 10 of them were official marathons. And so come June, when I got to the point where things were going smoothly and I had this money that people donated, I took that money and reinvested that in more official races uh, to flesh out my year. And I don't regret that at all. Even though some things hit the, some fit hit the shan in August and it would have been nice to have those emergency funds immediately available. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I made the inv investment in, in official races because that's part of what really perked me up uh, for this this last bit of the of the journey? I mean, those official races do make it easier with the ability to have um, water stops and and people there in case you get hurt. And Certainly, the support is is an important part of that. Though, to be honest, I feel like I've got running a marathon alone down to a science at this point. Uh, as long as I'm not including a trail race of some sort, I, I think that I can coordinate myself in a road race in any of the cities uh, and do it in such a manner that I know how much water I should be carrying with me, how much uh, food or gels I should have with me, how am I getting to the start line, where's the finish line. I think I have uh, 
mapping down to a science, not just understanding the race maps, but then also when I'm driving the course, when there is something that's questionable, making sure that I mark myself there on the ground so that when I'm tired, I don't miss a sign and turn left when I'm supposed to turn right or, or look for the dead end at mile 12 when the dead end is actually at mile 16. Um, so those sort of things, what really has made the official races so much better is the immense amount of support I get from the running community. Uh, that in itself, uh, at this point, it's rare that I go to an official marathon and not see 10 to 20 people that I know from other races I've run this year. The repetitive marathon community is huge. It's growing. And I have to say they're probably the most positive, supportive force out there with zero agenda that you can possibly find. Well, I would have to agree. Uh, I, I mean, I've only mostly done Disney races. And mm. so, the, the, you know, that is pretty repetitive <laughs> yes. um, in and of itself. So, I, yeah, I, I think that I would uh, I would definitely have to agree that those people out there are uh, they are very supportive by and large because they understand that it's not easy to do these races. Um, it, it requires a lot of uh, to me, it's a lot of willpower. Yes. Um, it's, it's, in fact, I think it's more willpower than it is like strength training or anything like that. It's, you know, if you can keep yourself going and moving, um, and with the exception of like keeping your feet, you know, doing the whole heel toe thing. So your feet aren't, you make mm. you want to cry. Cause I've been there before where like I did all toe instead of no heel toe. And by mile five or six of a half, I, I wanted to cry every time I took a step. Yeah, I definitely feel stronger. And there was a point during the year where I was getting both stronger and faster on one level or another each race. That time has passed. <laughs> Without a doubt, this is more of a survival sort of uh, scenario. That's not to say that I, the willpower with the strength as a combination, that's where things start kicking in. When I said that a month ago I was feeling fatigued, that was during two official races where I ended up taking more than six hours to finish the race. And that was frustrating to me because I really felt that I had put those days behind and I really felt that I was stronger than what the results were showing. And part of it was just that mental game that unfortunately I was on down weeks. Uh, the following week, um, when we talk about community, I'm running along. This is at the Charles DeMar Marathon in New Hampshire a great uh, race that really brought me back to New England running, cooler weather, less humidity, um, hills, but plenty of downhills. And I'm running in, in the second mile, enjoying the, the day, enjoying the feel of the runners around me. When I have a gentleman come up by my side and uh, take a look at me and he goes, do I know you? And I'm looking at him and I'm like, yeah, you look familiar to me too. Are you Canadian? He didn't have any red leaves on or anything like that, but that was just the immediate image that I had. Uh, he said, yeah, I'm from Toronto. And I said, I think we ran together in Casper, Wyoming. We had run the first four miles of the Casper, Wyoming marathon together before we split. And I, I didn't see him for, for most of the rest of the race. Um, but we had that great camaraderie. We had a fantastic positive conversation. Before I know it, five more miles were gone. And he's sitting there going, you know what? This is a good pace for me. I think I can keep up this pace 
till the half marathon. I'm like, well, I'm willing to try. Sure enough, we kept that pace up to the half marathon and um, ended up finishing in one of my better times for the entire year. So we finished that marathon in just under 535. And that's after two races in a row where I'd run over six hours. So that's really what kind of put me back on track and also kept that positive energy going throughout the entire race. So a combination of the the camaraderie, bolstering the willpower, and knowing that I have the strength still left in my legs, um, that's what makes me feel like these last eight races are going to be some powerful things. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that that is a, a, a very good time, considering how often you're running. It's yeah. not like you're just doing all this training, building up to one, like, I'm going to go hard and then you know, two, three weeks later, I'll start running again, training for the next, you know, the next hurdle. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's awesome that you, uh, got to, to run into a familiar face like, like that during a race. Um, what, so what, I mean, what's been the biggest challenge, not just in running sense, but in the overall sense of doing, accomplishing this, uh, this feat? Um, the first thing is ancillary injuries. Um, so things that are not part of the race that I've injured myself. So although I've injured myself in some races and one of the the major injuries occurred when I was running, um, a race that was really beyond my skill level, not only was it a 50 K instead of a marathon. So a marathon with a five mile chaser, it was also a trail race and not an easy trail race by any means. It was what they consider a technical trail race where you are dealing with lots of hills, uh, terrain that is not stable, where you're sometimes somewhat scrambling up rocks. And that was in uh, Afton State Park in Minnesota. And um, I ended up falling and getting a bone bruise on my hip. And uh, that really took me out of that race that day. I ended up running a marathon distance um, that weekend. Um, but I ended up only doing a 25K that day instead of the full 50K. Um, so uh, that was the only race where I had an injury in the race. However, most of the times I've I've been injuring myself like my knees, um, I decided on one day to go cliff diving and hiking over to the cliffs that we were diving off of. I fell off a boulder um, for about a five or six feet, dropped five or six feet, Almost broke my arm, almost broke my ribs, did a little bit of damage to a kneecap. Um, so it's really managing the stuff that's going on during the week as well as um, as well as the stuff that goes on during races. Well, wow. I mean, uh, glad, fortunately, you, you dodged those bullets of not breaking anything because mm. uh, that would definitely put you on a on a path that would be really tough to get back from, especially with your time limit. Now, have you taken any weeks off? Nope. No. Nope. Weeks off. So, so you just did the 50 and then the last two weeks. Oh, cause Christmas is like, that's exactly right. Okay. Yep. So Christmas is in that time. Um, uh, the, what I did when I was planning, this was in my head was if an injury was to take me out of play for a week or two weeks, um, that I would have, as a backup, been able to finish 50 marathon routes in a full year, which I feel is, is still a great, great sounding sort of goal as it, as it is, you know, it's a good complete goal. Um, but I always really like the sound of that 50, 50, 50. I think it would be really hard to complete a marathon with a broken arm. 
Uh, yeah, and, and trust me, that when I fell off that boulder and landed on my left arm, I heard a crunch. And I got very, at that point, I just got very focused on my arm. My arm was numb uh, because I hit so hard. And <laughs> I had a great group. Uh, the Marquette Climbers Co-op uh, was who I was with. But they're a bunch of kids. They're everywhere from 20 to 26, year old, 26 years old. And they all are start kind of yelling at me in the same vein. Don't move. Be careful. Stop moving. Let's do a check. And I'm like, everybody just be quiet for a moment because I know what I, I need to check. So I checked my heels. I checked my ankles. I checked my knees, my legs. I knew I could walk out of there at that point. And when I stood up, all of a sudden feeling came back to my, my arm, which I was really grateful for. The crunch that I had heard was actually my running watch. Uh, when it landed oh, on the ground. Good, so man. although I had a lot of uh, scar, I have a lot of scars from that fall from cuts and scrapes. Uh, fortunately, I didn't uh, break the arm, but I would have figured out some way if I had broken my arm. I've seen runners in slings. It's not unusual. I've seen runners in slings during I mean, I marathons. It would be incredibly uncomfortable, and I'm sure it would slow me down even more. But I still would have made and the attempt. It would attempt. probably be nasty too, like this cast. Yeah, I, that's true. That's exactly right. But now they have some really new casts. I don't know if you've seen some of these new casts that they have. They're not the standard old plaster casts. They have some new uh, plastic calves that kind of hold your arm in. It's it's like a new netting. Huh. Um, it looks like it's designed off of some 3D printer uh, hexagonal sort of um, cast that forms around your arm and holds your arm in place and it seems to be just as strong yet you're still getting more air into your arm and into the um skin so that you're not getting that nasty aftercast uh white limpid arm skin kind of thing. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Never had a cast. Oh, me knock neither. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> do not need that before the end of the year. No, you you definitely do not. So what what uh a uh, marathons do you have left so or I'm, states i guess yes well in this state i'm here for the atlantic city marathon this week so that's why i'm passing through and so glad to stop by um, after that i dodge back up north for the cape cod marathon in massachusetts um, i have an unofficial marathon then in narangasset uh, rhode island uh, so i'm looking forward to that to a certain extent just because uh, I just ran four official races in a row, and to a certain extent, I've grown to like running alone sometimes. Um, I found that after I did the last series of three official races in a row, it was nice to get back to an unofficial race and just run with myself and not have those conversations and not have that social aspect, just listen to my own body running. Uh, after Rhode Island, there's two official races down south, the Richmond Marathon in Virginia and uh, the Potomac Race Festival in Maryland. Um, then I have two unofficial races in um, Asheville, North Carolina, as well as Savannah, Georgia. But then my final race of the year will be Kiwa Island in South Carolina, and that's an official race. I wanted to go out on an official race just to have that that cheering crowd for me mentally something to look forward to as I cross that final finish line. 
Have you reached out to Kiwa Island? And- they they are aware that it's going to be my fiftieth uh, marathon route this year. So oh, okay. uh, they they asked or in the form, is there anything we should know about this race? And I said yes. For me, although it's only going to be my twenty eighth official race, it'll be my fiftieth marathon distance um, for the year. And they were they wrote back that they were impressed and that they want to make sure that they include something. Uh, in the race about that. So whether That's it's awesome. just somebody announcing it across the finish line or anything along those lines, it's uh, certainly a nice token on the race director's part. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They should they should be. Um, because by supporting people and, and holding people up that are doing awesome things like you, inspires more people to go running and can inspire more people to go buy more running gear and sign up for more races and you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's um, reciprocal. Absolutely, and I and I think there's certainly race directors who are very aware of that. There are race directors who are aware of the effect of certain groups like the Fifty States Running Group or Marathon Maniacs. They know that that energy that those runners are generating, not just during the race, but also when they're at home, um, is inspiring other people. Without a doubt, the first couple marathons, official marathons that I did this year. Um, was well supported by runners on the course who saw me struggling in the back of the pack and kept a hand on my back or on my shoulder as they were running by saying, you can do this. You've got this. We're going to run this together. Um, And that's why I joined both of those groups uh, when I qualified for them um, because I wanted to be a part of that same sort of positivity and associated with groups that were, were doing so much for the race. And there's many race directors who recognize that and will cater to those groups in their races. Mm. Now, uh, you said you, you know, a little earlier, you said you, you like to listen to your body and I, I t- totally agree. I, I, I definitely listen to my body when I'm running. Mm. Um, but what are you listening in your ears? Uh, so I usually don't put anything in my ears themselves, but I do listen to music Um, and I turn that up and down as necessary. Um, so I don't like having the earpieces because I find that I don't hear traffic as well or any uh, extra sounds that are coming from the outside, much less in a race. Sometimes a runner will be behind me and talking to me. And if I have my earphones in, I won't, I won't catch that. Whether it's, Hey dude, your, your shoelace is untied or something, something that I'm unaware of. If it deals with me in some cases, it's the runner letting me know that they're struggling. Uh, there was a race in Iowa where we were running in nine in the nineties. So it was probably 95 or 96 degrees. It's called run for troops, uh, based out of Dubuque, Iowa. And it was a rough day for anybody. When you're running in that kind of heat, it's tough. Uh, kudos to the race directors there who did an amazing job. This is technically usually run as a military-style marathon where they only have six water stations. In the matter of two days, the race director went from six water stations to 16 water stations on that course, uh, gathering the kind of volunteers and support to make that happen. Uh, On top of that, even with those 16 water stations, I can only think of one water station where my water wasn't cold. So they were making sure not only that there was water, that it was iced water, um, that the runners were checked on at all times. When I crossed the finish line, I have never received the kind of um, 
um, finish line reception that I received there. I had an ice pack placed on my head, an ice pack placed on the back of my neck, cold cloths placed across the back of my shoulder, and a choice of water or electrolyte drink immediately in front of me. So I didn't have to make any mental choices. It was just like, take one or the other. Uh, best reception I've ever had across the start line. But at mile eight, I ran by a girl who looked very much like a runner. She she had all of her gear on. She had a water pack on. And I would have thought that she was okay when I passed her. Except that as I was running along and I was just in front of her for a little bit, I heard her breathing pretty heavy. And it sounded like she was wheezing. And when I turned around, she looked a little dizzy. So I slowed down and went back to her and kind of talked through where she was at. We stopped from running. We started walking. I gave her one of my uh, water bottles that I keep on my water belt. Um, Aside from the water that she had in her backpack, I said, take that and sprinkle that on your forehead to cool her down. Uh, And I got her through that next two miles. And if I had had earphones in, I would never have heard her wheezing and 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 turned around and looked around at her. So uh, I'm I'm glad I do. I keep music in general at like a medium pace so that when it's quiet, I have some beat there to keep yeah, me on yeah. track or um, you know a horn section to inspire me. Um, but for the most part, um, it's there as as just kind of an extra distraction when I need it, and otherwise I'm listening to my body. Wow, yeah, yeah, I need I definitely need music. But I I could appreciate the idea of keeping it at a, a low volume uh regardless just so you can you know be more cognizant of the people around you and what's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um so has there been any roadblocks, any new roadblocks with running that you've run into in the last uh well, what, 42 races? Yes, there were roadblocks that I wasn't expecting for sure. The first one was altitude. Uh, Living essentially at sea level, even though you have hills, I really didn't understand the impact of what altitude uh, will do to running. And I started seeing that um, by the third month. That's when I entered the desert states. Albuquerque was the first time that I had a huge hit on my time and couldn't understand it because up until that point I'd been getting stronger and faster for the most part at every race. And all of a sudden I saw a dramatic uh, drop in time. And so, uh, and, and, and energy, not just the time, the time was representative of the lack of energy that I had. And then the altitude just kept going up. Um, So altitude was the first roadblock that I needed to overcome and learn to deal with. Um, the second, without a doubt, was the heat. June was a hot month. There are three, at least three major uh, marathons this year that were black flagged, where they actually pulled people from the course at a certain point because of the heat. Uh, the most notable being the Vermont City Marathon in um, Burlington, Vermont. By comparison, um, sorry, this year their temperatures were in the high 80s, so I think they reached 88 degrees on Memorial Day weekend. Now, depending on where you live, that might not sound like very much, but three years ago when I ran the Burlington Marathon, which was my first marathon, it was 38 degrees when we started in the morning, 
And if it went over 65, I'll be really surprised. So that's their standard temperatures. So they were just not prepared and they don't feel that their runners were were prepared for the heat and humidity that hit that day. So they started asking people off the course at the four hour mark. Wow. So uh, definitely dealing with a summer like that. I actually changed my schedule so that instead of running through the Midwest during that heat wave, I would occasionally go north to break down the, the coolness. So originally I was planning on doing Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, but instead of doing that, I would do Iowa and jump up to Minnesota, then go down to Missouri, then go up to Wisconsin, then go down to Illinois and then go up to Michigan so that I was at least getting some fluctuation in temperatures. And that worked out great. I, I really lucked out with, um, with having chosen to do that uh, because it did break up the heat wave so that I wasn't running in continuous hot weather every week. So what do your dreams for the future look like once you get done your, your last eight with the, with the end of the year wrapping up here? So the first dream is to keep running. Without a doubt, one of the reasons that I, I did this whole trip was so that I would start getting a consistent run schedule. If I had stayed home in Maine, there is no way that I would have hit my, I I currently am somewhere around 1500 or 1600 miles for the year. Uh, I would never have hit those miles if I had just stayed home. Um, And I tell this to new marathoners all the time that when you're done the marathon that you're done, you're, you're running, whether it's your, you're you're done. Sorry. Yes. Your first (laughs) marathon, your second marathon, Make sure that you get back out there, even within the first couple weeks, to run. I'm not expecting people to go run a marathon the following week, but quite often you'll hear from coaches that if you've just run 26 miles, you want to take two weeks or 26 days off from running. And and I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think that after you've run a marathon, um, during that first week, after a couple days, you need to get back out and run a mile or run two miles and let your legs know, Hey, I'm expecting you to work even despite the, the stress and the, the challenge I just put you through. We're runners and we're going to go run. Um, so the first thing is I want to make sure that I maintain those consistent runs. Now, whether or not I'm running a marathon every week, that that's actually probably not realistic for my longer term goals, but, uh, I definitely want to maintain close to 30 to 40 miles a week. So whether that means that I'm doing five days where I'm running eight miles or something along those lines, that's the first goal. Uh, the second goal is certainly making sure that I capture all of the things that I want to from this year. I have a lot of great stories and I want to make sure that I am, um, letting people know the sort of things that I was encountering during the year so that they can apply that towards their own goals or their own running goals. Um, so that'll be high on my priority list. And then thirdly, I'll be looking for ways that I can incorporate running into my long-term life, uh, life goals. So whether that means that my next business or career is based around running, I, I already have some ideas of what I'd like to do uh, in the next couple of years as far as uh, personal businesses that are involved with running, and I'll be working on solidifying those. 
Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think twenty six days is a long time. I, I know after my first or second mar- half marathon, I think it was my after my first half marathon, I took a lot of time off, and mm. it's so hard to get back into it. That's exactly right. It's your body's like, well, we did what we came to do. We no longer have to do that anymore. And I think you need to kind of jog and remind your body, hey, we're runners. This is what we will still continue to do. I think the the problem was I did it so I did it so fast and past my expectations. I was like, yeah, you know, I could take it easy, and then it took so long to get back into it. It, mm. it just wasn't. Um, it's not a great way to be. So so yeah, I would say probably like three, I would say four to maybe seven days tops. Um, you, but just to get back out and and just walk. Yes. Now, like, yeah, exactly. Whether it's uh, you know, uh a light run or a run walk for, for most people, that's a, a great thing, but making sure that your legs are moving in such a way that they know that they're still expected to do consistent, if not racing consistent long hauls, carrying your body with them. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, so it sounds like you, you, you know, you got a lot on your plate, uh, leading up to, or after you, you get after this year, mm. um, I'm really excited to see where you go with it. And uh, I, I mean, are you, you're even planning on writing a book, I hope, of, of this experience. The book that I've already started has a has a tentative title of, of uh, 51 Lefts Make a Right, Lessons in Learning Things the Hard Way. Um, because there's definitely uh, mistakes that I repeated multiple times this year, and it took me multiple times to learn from those mistakes. And uh, I'm hoping that by sharing those multiple occasions – that number one, people are a little bit easier on themselves when they make those mistakes uh, multiple times in a row, um, but also that they can find a way that when mistakes occur, when they realize things have gone wrong, that they can find a way to get to the heart of the pro- problem faster by by acknowledging them and, and working towards them. Now, how, how can people connect with you? Uh, the best way for people to connect with me is on my website. Uh, globorun.com that's g-l-o-b-o-r-u-n.com um, there's a contact page there you can also reach out on facebook uh, either to the globo run page on facebook or to Derek zardis uh, also yeah that's probably the best way to contact me <laughs> and they should if you're looking at trying to do uh these these you know races all across the country uh, it's good to have somebody in your in your corner that's already experienced all that. And uh, I mean, honestly, I you know, running is fun and all that, but I, I can't even imagine um, doing doing the level of running that you're doing. Uh, not that I couldn't do it, just more time. You know, time is is tough uh, to come by these days for me, at least. And it's uh, so I, you know, I applaud you for wanting to take that time and take that to that level. I I think that's one of the things I enjoy is that I've met a massive amount of people this year and people will ask me my opinion on things. And I, I definitely always try and start off by saying I'm not a coach and I am not a professional when it comes to the physical body and training it to perfection. That's not to say that I don't have lessons that I can share and perhaps steer you in, in a direction so that you can read what the experts have to say and see how they're applying to the, the goals that you have as a runner moving forward. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, Derek, I really appreciate you taking the time. I mean, you're here in, in the studio. It's It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having you on again, you know, maybe 
four or five months from now after you uh, get your you're not marathoning legs under you and, and start moving forward with your book and everything else. So we can help, uh, promote that and, and, uh, just see how, you know, where you've been. Cause uh, you know, a year is a long time. I mean, you think about like somebody that like went to prison or something for a year, like that, like you've been away. I mean, not that you were in prison, but, but you've been away from, uh, a house. You've been away from like a consistent living, um, I don't want to say procedure, but habits, social structure. Absolutely. Things. Uh, I, I just did stop back in my home state of Maine to run the Mount desert Island, uh, marathon. And you sit there and go, Oh, I've only been gone for 10 months, but even in 10 months, a lot of things can change and people change and people move and, uh, there are different structures that you're used to, um, from before and that will distinctly change. So yeah, I do expect there to be a little bit of re-entry, um, challenges and just getting my, uh, my land legs versus my sea legs as it were. Um, but I'm looking forward to that almost as much as the journey. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Derek, for, for coming here to, to my house and, uh, for spending the, the day with me and, uh, and Ava as well, who is, I don't know if she's sleeping at this point, but maybe sleeping, uh, just over the other, in the other room. Um, yeah. Thank you again. I, I'd love to have you on and, uh, can't wait. Thanks for having me in the control center of, uh, dreamers. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the dreamers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at dreamers podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dreamers podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the dreamers podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.